And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted radio presenter, lover of all things small business, small business advocate and admin expert. And here today I am talking about a really something I'm really quite passionate about, which is very much in the field of admin, but very much in everyone's field and something that we all need to be conscious of when it comes to running a small business. So let's talk a little bit about the cloud. Okay, we get it. I think we all understand the concept now we understand it we use on it we use it and basically we pretty much rely on it um, when we're operating as a small business these days we re- rely heavily on it and uh, we expect it to give us good storage good capabilities good speed well that's another debate altogether with the NBN but we also assume that it's safe and it's secure and it's backed up somewhere we couldn't tell you where our data is backed up, although some of you who work in the financial sector should be able to tell your clients where it is backed up. But we assume it's available any time and that it's reliable and that the content is ours to do with what we wish. But we're also not careful enough. So like all things, except death and taxes, as they say, you can't be sure of it. You need to be in control with this extremely important part of your business. It's an important part of your trade, how you operate. Um, and yet so many of us don't understand where our data is stored, how to get it back, what happens if something happens to it, until really it's too late and uh, you're in a very negative territory indeed. Uh, What if you lose an important document, for example? What if the storage you suddenly rely on wasn't there or literally it just disappeared off the screen? Imagine what would have happened if you didn't back up, for example. And I know a lot of my listeners out there just don't do it. So at the risk of scaring the bejesus out of everybody today, uh, we have another great expert on the show. Uh, Gunnar is here today. He's from um, Keep It Safe, which is a a great company that specialises not only in small but large companies or the way they operate and assisting them with keeping their data storage safe, not only online but also um, in-house server storage, etc, etc. And he's here to help us with what we love here on Small Biz Matters, which is practical strategies to help you get back into control. So welcome to the program, Gunnar. Good morning. Welcome, Alexi. Now, let's talk a little bit about the cloud. Just obviously um, our guests, uh, sorry, our listeners understand what the cloud is. We get the fact that it's a concept. There's some big servers out there. They're either in caves in Saudi Arabia or they're in the top floor of an office block in Sydney or they're, if they're with Amazon, they are in a very secret location and you can't know where they are and they're heavily secure and all that business. We get that. We understand that concept. But take me through a little bit of an overall picture of the cloud, just to help those of us who don't really quite get the full potential of what it is. Yeah, thank you. So then the interesting thing is, as you mentioned, the cloud can be stored everywhere and we don't have any control over it anymore. So then I came from Switzerland where some of the providers, they have their data centers in the Swiss mountains and you would not even be able to go inside without having a Swiss passport. Mm. Then you are countries like here where many companies store their data, willingness, not willingness, somewhere in a completely different country. And then it's very hard. Can you get the data back mm. if there's need be? So then and if you take the cloud overall, it's not just a question of where data is stored, but cloud is just also services that you get out of the cloud. Yeah. So then it's not just the space, but more the whole services that are running. I mean, whenever you say, I forgot my password, then these are services behind who give it to you. It's not a person anymore. Yes. So then the whole world is connected via different kinds of version of the cloud. If it's a public cloud, it's a private cloud or what is more realistic, some kind of hybrid clouds. Yes. And when we say hybrid cloud, we talk about there being um, a connectivity between what you might have on either your computer or a server perhaps in the office and also cloud-based. So there's a little bit of intermixing there. That always will be some kind of mix, surely, because you will not move everything into the cloud. 
you might want to store some of the topics locally. I remember speaking to uh, a person who was a cloud expert, who was sort of a well, I guess he was an IT expert, and he had one particular company who was massive. They were an animation company. The amount of data that they was flying back and forth was huge, as you can imagine, and everything was in the cloud, except for the chief financial guy who went, no, we are not putting our financial information. So this has to be a hybrid system because the financial information I want nice and secure under the desk, and I'll back it up, don't worry. You can put the rest of it you know, in the cloud, but I want to be able to know that that's safe and secure. So I guess that's an example of a hybridised system, which you can do if you wish. Right. Um, So talk to me a little bit about the the fear and the procedures and the trust. That's all got to be wrapped up in the, the way the big guys operate cloud systems, right? Yeah, and of course, we hear a lot of news all over the years that there are some kind of breaches or uh, let's say even even Amazon had it about a year ago in March uh, well, last year. That, yesterday, that something yesterday, happened. The, yesterday, yesterday there was a, heard in the news yeah, as well. We all got hacked. Apparently, I didn't know. I'm, I'm yes, fine. and and even the the big guys like uh, Facebook happened a couple of weeks ago. So then, of course, this is not necessarily bringing more trust for normal people, small businesses into storing that in the cloud. Rather, say whatever I can store on-premise in my own infrastructure might help more. But still, there are risks that you can really really calculate what will happen if uh, the office is not there anymore. Mm. Or burns down. The first thing you do is not to buy a new server. Mm. The first thing is you, you do, you take care of your people, you take care of, get your business back on, back on track. You need to have a proper planning for this in place and less how much uh, how much uh, access issues could be there on the big guys. And that's really what today is, is about, is helping people prepare and strategize for worst-case scenarios and, and make it part of your plan, everyone. I would really love it if listeners out there really took some notes today and actually implemented this into your management plan for your business, which you should all have, not necessarily the business plan where you will be in five years' time, but really that process and procedural document where everybody understands what their role is, how they operate, how they operate within the system, at some point, the notion of backups and understanding of what happens in that worst-case scenario needs to be factored into your procedural manuals. Absolutely. And the good thing here is that when it comes to business process uh, uh, planning and business continuity planning, it all goes with certain procedures and laws. Mm. And the good thing is even that the standards for risk management, worldwide standards, ISO 31000, that's coming from out of Australia. Is it really? Yes. Uh, how we rock. It's, it's not New old, Zealand. All 2004 <laughs> Australian New Zealand standards that have been evolved into the worldwide standards. Oh, wow. So these kind of procedures coming out of a Commonwealth type of thinking, mm. they really made it up. Wow, we rock. Maybe we just need to take a leaf out of our own book here with our own small businesses, of course. Now, let's talk about um, cloud storage versus cloud backup. Okay, so um, can you just explain if yeah. you wish? Right. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the, the fear and the procedures and the trust. That's all got to be wrapped up in the, the way the big guys operate cloud systems, right? Yeah, and of course we hear a lot of news all over the years that there are some kind of breaches or uh, let's say even even Amazon had it about a year ago in March uh, well, last year. That, yesterday. That something yesterday, happened the, yesterday. Yesterday. There was we a, heard in the news as yeah, well. Yeah, we all got hacked apparently. I didn't know. I'm, I'm yes, fine. And, and even the, the big guys like uh, Facebook happened a couple of weeks ago. So then, of course, this is not necessarily bringing more trust for normal people, small businesses into storing that in the cloud. Rather say, whatever I can store on-premise in my own infrastructure might help more. But still, there are risks that you can really, really calculate what will happen if uh, the office is not there anymore. Mm. Or burns down. 
the first thing you do is not to buy a new server. Mm. The first thing is you, you do, you take care of your people, you take care of, get your business back on, back on track. You need to have a proper planning for this in place and less how much uh, how much uh, access issues could be there on the big guys. And that's really what today is is about, is helping people prepare and strategize for worst-case scenarios and, and make it part of your plan, everyone. I would really love it if listeners out there really took some notes today and actually implemented this into your management plan for your business, which you should all have, not necessarily the business plan where you will be in five years' time, but really that process and procedural document where everybody understands what their role is, how they operate, how they operate within the system, at some point, the notion of backups and understanding of what happens in that worst-case scenario needs to be factored into your procedural manuals. Absolutely. And the good thing here is that when it comes to business process uh, uh, planning and business continuity planning, it all goes with certain procedures and laws. Mm. And the good thing is even that uh, standards for risk management, worldwide standards, ISO 31000, that's coming from out of Australia. Is it really? Yes. Oh, how we rock. It's, it's not New old, Zealand. All 2004 <laughs> Australia New Zealand standards that have been evolved into the worldwide standards. Oh, wow. So these kind of procedures coming out of a Commonwealth type of thinking, mm. they really made it up. Wow, we rock. Maybe we just need to take a leaf out of our own book here with our own small businesses, of course. Now, let's talk about um, cloud storage versus cloud backup. Okay, so um, can you just explain to me the generalised concept and why, why there's a distinguishable difference between them? Yeah, and that is that, of course, it's... Um, Kind of evergreen, whenever I go on networking events with uh, New Surface Business Chamber or other kind of interfaces here that we have in Sydney and Melbourne, then I, st I speak to small business owners who say, but look, I do have my data on Google Drive. I use Microsoft OneDrive as part of Office 365. The data is there. I have one terabyte for free. I can even synchronize it everywhere. So the good thing for, for these um, services, also Dropbox, Box, uh, SugarSync, there's many of them, it is like an extension, like a USB drive, which is not connected in your computer physically, but is sitting somewhere, yep. but as nice integrated that you have the feeling it is like, like a file server, which is not necessarily on-premise anymore. Okay. And that's very nice to use on the tablet, on the smartphone, and you have everything everywhere, wherever you need it. That's right. So that's good. Mm -hmm. And the providers for this, they, of course, they ensure that they do have the best possible uptime. So they back up their data in order to provide the service with yes. 99.999 or whatever percentages uh, that are there. That, that's good for them. Yeah. It's fine. And that's a service that we buy for that. That's right. On the other side, what happens if you delete a file? And I had one, one business owner in a, in a real estate. He said he deleted a file on his uh, Google Drive on mm -hmm. one machine. Then he realized it too late. And as he soon as he moved to his other computer, it already has been synchronized and taken off. Yeah. Now we can say, yes, OneDrive has 30 days until the trash really empties. You can have on Dropbox even the 100-way extended version history, but usually people don't do this. Mm -hmm. So then something can be lost because of not paying attention. And these cloud storage are not cloud backup. The main difference, cloud storage is a primary source of data and cloud backup is a secondary secondary source of data. Okay. So you do a copy and you have various versions of this. And that means also retention. There's many companies, let's say in law, who have certain rules to follow that they carry all the data for seven years. Mm -hmm. And that's one practical tip. So what, what, I, what I see that very often people use a file, project plan or whatever, business plans, save it under the same name and have different versions of it. Yes. But it's always the same name. Yes. And then of course... 
I may, might have done some changes, but I need the one from Thursday when it's already Saturday, need to go back to this. And that can be quite hard. Yeah. So my practical tip is very simple when I'm working on a project and I know it takes me maybe a month or so. I save it maybe even 20, 30 times, always with the letter A, B, C, D, E at yeah. the end. Yeah, so version one, so this. V1, V2, V3. Whatever, yeah. yeah. If it's more, I make A to Z or, or whatever. So I wrote some books, so therefore it was obvious I wanted to have everyday snapshot of the manuscript that, that I know I can go back into something. So that's our real stra good strategy f tip number one, which is if you're working on a document that you could potentially need to go back and look at different option, look for different versions, save it off as version one, version two. You only need to look at an advertising agency when they're working through big files and projects for clients. They will have version one, version two, and then whether it's approved, approved one, approved two. So take a leaf out of sort of that medium-sized business book. And if it's going to be something that's long-term, save it differently with different wording. And it's much more professional, to be honest. Yeah, you look better if you're sending it out to clients. Perhaps yeah. you can say what version you've been working on, etc. So that's, um, that's is that, I just want to get my head around it. You mentioned before about uh, Google Drive and OneDrive having a, a certain amount of time before the trash empties. Should we all be going into our settings at the back end and checking what that time is and then yes. maximising it as much as possible? Yes. yes, that's possible. But even for those like uh, Office 365, mm -hmm. it doesn't have a backup. So the OneDrive is there and we have one terabyte, so then you can have plenty of versions if you make it manually yourself, so it's mm -hmm. not a problem. Mm -hmm. But there are even ways how you can add into an Office 365, which is cloud-based, you can add also backup on this for a couple of dollars per month. Right, okay. So that's a different concept altogether, which is really like somewhere that you can pay an addition. You're paying at the moment for storage. So you're yes. paying for that USB, that magical USB that you plug in that's like a terabyte drive but what we want to look at is paying that little bit of extra where they actually do backups that are accessible to you so you know where that not you know know where they are but you can access them if need be so perhaps if you are using i know a lot of us spread out everything a little bit on one drive a little bit on google drive a little bit on dropbox would it be your suggestion to bring it all into one place yes a couple of handful of dollars per month per user mm -hmm. and i add four dollars more and i'm really backed up well yep regardless of capacity, I think that's a good investment. Now, as your way of thinking as well, you've got everything synchronised across computers. We've brought it into one place, whether that's, for example, say that's Google Drive and it's all synchronised. Uh, how do you then... I, I would also suggest to people that they have a physical backup, maybe done once every week or two weeks or every four weeks, where they physically back up their files and they have something that they can literally walk around with as well. Um, is that something that's relatively easy to do on something like Google Drive because I know Google Drive's all in the cloud so how do you then drag and drop it into a terabyte drive that you've got sitting next to your machine for example yeah you can of course combine various items on this so you can have maybe even a NAS drive sitting at home yep so, so a network attached storage device yes you know about some others and can even connect hard disks on this the only thing that uh, that what I've seen very often in small small medium business here in Australia is that even companies, 20, 30 employees have only an extended hard disk, which is rotating every Wednesday, every Sunday, somebody takes it to home. And that is not the best practice anymore. You can have physical backup into some kind of device. Mm -hmm. That's good as an increment, but you should have also another location, another automatic location for that. 
Are you saying there should be two physical drives that are in two do- different locations, like two terabyte drives that one person takes home, another person takes home, or is that a bit overkill? That I- is, that, well, that is not even overkill, but that's also not best practice because somebody needs to do this and then you store it maybe in one car and then car gets stolen. It's not safe at all. Okay. It's not safe at all. So then when companies do have, when they're maybe a little bit bigger, five employees, and they have a server, mm-hmm. a file server, then they can have also some kind of a, backup repository in maybe in, in another room mm-hmm. to have that plus adding into the cloud mm-hmm. or into another location wherever they can they can have connections to this. Excellent. So, so there are ways to make that happen. You need to plan to yeah. fail. You need to calculate what is the cost of failure of losing the data. Yep. And that's an interesting thing because uh, when you look how much data actually gets restored and there are studies who tell that about 6% of files are lost or old version or something that they get get restored back, calculate that. Finding out how much is it worth a couple of dollars more per month versus losing the file. And when you lose something, that can be quite tricky. And when you talk about, you know, planning to fail, we do that with insurance. We say in our insurance documents, if everything gets wiped out, you know, if there's a sinkhole and everything falls into it, I kind of know what it would be to replace all of those items. We need to factor in cybersecurity and say, what would it be if I lost all of my data? And that's, that's got to be starting to factor in. I know that more and more insurance companies and small business insurance specialists are starting to say, look, hey, let's look at the cost for your business for, for cyber risk and that sort of thing. And I suppose implementing one of these plans that you spoke of earlier will actually reduce your cyber risk and therefore save you money with your insurance. So perhaps it's actually a positive gain <laughs> because you'll save so much money with your insurance because you've got these procedures in, in, in place. Yeah, actually I see even the cyber insurance and the proper backup strategy as a complementing topics. Mm. Because let's, let's look into a total disaster. What will happen then? Let's say you are losing revenue in that time because you really in the outage have to take care of so many other things, your people, your business, building, whatever. In that time frame, the cyber insurance can cover for a loss. That's good, but not it, they cannot get back the data. Mm-hmm. A backup provider can get back the data, so that's very good, but not cover for the revenue loss. Mm. So therefore, I see it complementing. Yeah, it's good to have it's good to have both things in place. Look, we're going to take a sh- quick break here on Small Biz Matters. You're listening to Alexi Boyd and Gunnar from Keep It Safe, and we're talking all about uh, best practical strategies to think about cybersecurity and planning to fail, which is a, a great concept when you're thinking about cybersecurity. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after this. So welcome back to the show, everyone. We're listening to uh, Small Biz Matters, of course. My name is Alexi Boyd, and we're talking to Gunnar from Keep It Safe, and we're talking all about cybersecurity. We're talking about uh, keeping your documentation, not your documents, (laughs) it's like paper things, no. We're talking about keeping your data safe and secure. And just before the break, we were talking a little bit about what the cloud actually involves and a few tips and strategies of what we can do as a small business to look at our data and at least at least bring it into one place. So if you know you're backing something up, it's not spread out over several different cloud-based storage devices. So let's talk now about what a typical IT setup for business owners looks like. Not Probably not what yours looks like or what mine looks like, but what it should look like. So um, take me through a little bit about what that actually looks like in a perfect world, Gunnar. Yeah, of course, every small business is different. So there can be uh, entrepreneurs just as one lady shows, one man shows, Mm -hmm. only one person, up Mm -hmm. to maybe five to ten employees. And the larger it gets, the more likely, especially with the fixed office with employees, the more likely it is to have also on-premise server infrastructure. 
This, of course, needs to have a proper backup because when this server is not there, then very often nothing is working anymore. Can I also so ask you, cannot work. are you a fan of a UPS as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a good idea. I know that several businesses, and they're not that expensive now. You can pick them up. They're not that expensive. No, and they're good if there's blackouts, which we get quite a lot of up here. Yeah. So that's something to consider as well. Sorry, please continue. Yes, and some, <laughs> some other areas of Australia as well, like, mm. like in SA. So then the last two years it happened quite often that there was uh, no power anymore. Yes. And then, of course, all systems cannot work. Mm. So then, but, uh, and the interesting thing here is that uh, many companies say that even they would like to replace their file server one day into cloud services, into private cloud or public cloud. Mm -hmm. So then there will be some kind of hybrid mix of this one. And of course, we also do have notebooks, tablets, smartphones to really run. You, you go to meet your customers everywhere you expect that your data and everything is everywhere available. And you have more and more cloud-based services like uh, Xero when it comes to bookkeeping, MyOB and so on. Your CRM system, many of them store data in the cloud. So um, it, it will be a mix of these services at all. And we already see customers, five to ten employees who used to have the on-premise server infrastructure who don't have it anymore and they have everything out of different kind of cloud services. Mm -hmm. So then it needs to have a proper analysis what all is there and how to make sure that everything is backed up properly. And when you say backed up properly, does that mean that it, it may be coming back to the office or it might be a cloud backup or both or either or? That's what we're coming back to with what we were saying at the beginning of the yeah, the good The good thing on cloud services is that you can capture a backup from cloud to cloud. It doesn't mm. need to go through your own internet connectivity anymore. Thank goodness, because otherwise we'd all fall over with the internet connectivity around here. So, <laughs> Advise how the IT is evolving into the future to say, if you have systems A, B and C, there's a new version of B which needs to have something better. So let's let's look into this properly. Yeah. So then... Um, so the resellers are really moving into a managed service provider because at the end what's, what's needed, the small business owner should focus on the business outcome, not on the IT. Mm. So that's an important thing. Absolutely. I really like what you were saying there about the evolution of it as well. You need someone who's going to give you advice on what's coming up and what's, what's coming up for systems and better cybersecurity in the future, not just what you've got as an existing system. So as a small business owner, if we're approaching someone who can provide that managed system where we can expect maybe an overhaul in the beginning, and then um, an ongoing monthly cost, like you would with your web hosting, for example. Yes. Mm, and someone who's got who's accessible on the end of the line. Yes, and that that's very often a very important topic. That when you need something, then you really need the help urgently. Yes, and could I ask you as well? Okay, so I know as a, a bookkeeper, bass agent, my engagement letter basically absolves me of any responsibility unfortunately for accounting and bookkeeping that's sort of the way it is as the business owner it is still your responsibility to make sure what you're reporting is accurate and correct is that the same for these managed it providers should we be expecting them that if something does go wrong that we can say yeah but it's in the contract that you've said for sure that the backup is there and i can always get, retain my data should we be expecting that or have they got a bit of a clause there as well that says hey i can't stop the russian spies not everything is in my control should we be expecting that data to be always available if we're paying for it i think there's it's it's a proper balance in between these contracts surely will uh, will exclude some kind of um, terrorism. Yeah, mm. higher topics that cannot be controlled. Mm -hmm. But you really need to look out for a partner who can give you as much as support as possible. Mm -hmm. That you have, that whatever their software that they're using, the data center where it's located, hopefully here in Australia, uh, that has short latency, not long waiting time. Um, so these are important things. And also, what happens if you are after 5.30 and you have an issue. You yeah. cannot access anything anymore. 
how can you get access into this one if it's needed very fast especially yeah. if you are selling into different kind of regions if your customers in wa and then after 5 30 here nothing would happen anymore and then you lose maybe a big part of a business which normally coming out from small customers sitting over there yes because lots of um, small businesses clock off at five o'clock don't we <laughs> we all just stop working yes right. if you sell a and z then you capture basically from from Perth to Auckland. Mm, exactly. So there's um that's an important thing to consider is they've got their you've got the accessibility to them, you've got the support, you've got some sort of uh, assurance that certain parameters will be will be kept safe. So I'll give you an example. My um, father-in-law was hacked. He uh, had a ransomware attack um, through uh, opening up a um, a gas bill which he was expecting. So you know definitely not his fault or anything like that and those those emails they are looking more and more accurate by the, by the day which is pretty scary um so that that happened and he had his dropbox files which at that stage i thought were infallible all encrypted which meant that unless he paid out his $750 they weren't they he could see they were still there tantalizingly close but he couldn't access them and and eventually we had an IT uh, person come out and did a fabulous job and managed to remove the ransomware virus from his thing. Is that something we should expect from a, a management consultant company to assist with that, that that won't happen or that there's some sort of backup in place? I'm just trying to think of a really practicable thing that we're all familiar with. Uh, do they um, sort of stop that from happening? Let's say it's two kind of areas here. The ransomware attacks that is coming into the house and what you do with it. So mm -hmm. first that it comes into the house, what we've seen very often it doesn't come into the server landscape, but it comes into the endpoints, meaning the PC, notebook, whatever. You open an email which looks like. Yes. And I'm amazed being in Australia only two years how often this happens here because in non-native English countries, you don't have that because very often bad translated. You realize that it's not the proper email, even if it looks like coming from, from Apple, from Dropbox, wherever. So you would not open it that uh, that probably like like here because grammatically they're less likely to get yes correct. and then they have very strange uh, signs characters in between so that wouldn't happen but here you see this more often so mm. then you might open it the other source where you can get into is even an internet connected uh, uh, device like like a printer or a fax machine <gasps> I know there's some horror pay attention on this one when then drivers are not updated uh, and so on so that can be very very tricky yeah, I remember hearing about um, somebody who worked in cybersecurity, sort of more at a government level. He said the number of times he's seen cafes in government buildings hacked because somebody said, could you print something out for me? Mm. And they put in the USB, which in, in, in infiltrates the printer, and they can lie there dormant for months until the appropriate time. And then through the internet connectivity of the building, that's how they got in. So I guess you need to... Um, you know, you lock your doors to your house. Perhaps you need to consider if you're a small business out there who's got the public can access. No, you can't print something for someone or, or anything like that, as, as horrible as it sounds. You wouldn't let someone into your home who you didn't know. So I guess you don't let someone into your uh, business in that way. Exactly. So then preventing is one side of thing. And the other thing, what you do with it. So then one of... Uh one of our managed service providers that I know quite well, he had one customer a year ago also with some kind of ransomware attack. So mm. 10 PCs, all affected. Ouch. Out of 10. So then on five of them, there was written then $750, something like that. And then he said to his technical guys, hey, let's look, let's learn 
What will happen if the person, this ransomware programmer, has at least some kind of moral ways to say, when you pay this amount in bitcoins, uh, fractions of course, what will happen then? Will it be decrypted at all? And it happened. Yes, so they paid it, it has been decrypted. Unfortunately, that company has been hacked by two different kind of ransomware attackers, which of course is not an organization, it's more decentralized for another amount, 1,000 instead of 750, and that has not been decrypted. Yeah, you never know when they're going to so pay. Then yeah. If you pay, you might get it once, but it only means for the, for the ransomware attacker that they pay. So then you do it again. Yeah, more likely to pay again and again. So and then what again. they've done, they took back uh, the backup, but of course not necessarily the backup from what was there the day before, because you do not know the time frame between the infection and this ransomware message that can take long time. Mm, exactly. And that's, that's a very difficult one. And now as we have the new um, uh, notifiable data breach law in Australia, that can get even a higher complication as well. And that's quite interesting. I was learning about that at the accounting uh, conference in Sydney a couple of weeks ago. Uh, as bookkeepers and accountants, if we have a data breach, we must let them know, um, them I can't quite remember which government agency it is, but we need to let them know that there has been a data breach and the extent of which everything has been breached. So one of the things I try and educate my clients with is if you have any documentation as a piece of data that has somebody's tax file number on it, that is something absolutely you should have in a very safe, secure system. So if you're using something like Xero or MYOB, they tend to have a lot of um, file storage associated with their uh, program. So you drag and drop all of those data documents which have people's tax file numbers into the MyOB and the Zero or whatever it is and you get them off your system because if that's breached then that's a huge um, risk of, of somebody's uh, information getting out there. Associating someone's name, address and tax file number is probably one of the most important pieces of data that we can hold on behalf of our clients. So with that in mind, um, is there anything that people should try and put into more what in your opinion is there anything that is more secure and not secure i mean this brings us to our next point talking about how long you should keep data so lawyers have to keep things for seven years financially for the ato as far as they're concerned it's five years um is there data that is more important than other things that you need to get into those securable lockable um systems yeah at the end not all data is the same so i would even take that some stuff you can rather say it's archiving let's say old projects you might want to go into this uh, when you evolve your business over time yeah and uh, my parents had a business for 42 years so of course there was some data from the very past that is needed more for the chronicle uh, aspect of the company uh, when they sold it finally but uh, but you don't need it from a day-to-day -day perspective so that would not go into a cloud backup into yeah. archiving that you can have onto some kind of encrypted device that you put in the safe in a bank or something like that yes or you buy some storage space at one of the uh, big providers, if it's uh, AWS, Microsoft, Google, to store it, not to, not to do backups, meaning there's nothing new coming into this. So uh -huh. that exists as well. Because you need for these more archiving, you need to have rather a, a less expensive kind of storage for this one. Okay, that's a good point. So it's almost categorizing the information you have. Like you said, if you had a business for many, many years, you think about what needs to be archived versus things where there's new versions always coming up. Think about what needs to be put into versions and which things are on a day-to-day -day basis. And then what 
legally and as far as the tax office is concerned, what you must keep. Exactly, exactly. And there are some areas, even I have customers in education who said we would like to keep, keep it for 25 years. Students might come back as, as, as older they get and then they would like to get some information what they have done. Or the medical field as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, check it. Check if you're not 100% sure, check with your professional association. They'll give you an idea about yes. what, what they would recommend. And, and when you're running a backup software or the managed service provider does it for you, then, of course, you can create the kind of retention rules to say you keep the backup, maybe the daily snapshots, plus then you go into weekly and then monthly. So then, then after this, from from the last years, you would keep just maybe the end of the quarter. Yeah. Or the end of a financial year, yeah, something like that. You have to have snapshots to say that my business looked like that and then you keep everything per that day. So obviously if you've got this system in place and you've thought about this strategically, it's going to save you money in the long run because that which you need to extract is not everything and then you're not wasting time looking through everything as well. So that's one way of thinking about, um, you know, how to get data back. Uh, but you were mentioning before that there's, um, there's a, there was a study, 6% of, of stored deleted files are lost. What? Yeah, well, th- this study was about uh, the year... 2016 that one of the backup software providers found out in all of their worldwide data that 6% of data that is stored is stored stored. 6% out of this one is retrieved back so that customers are looking into getting some data back and it's files that usually that they either deleted on premise or for whatever reason they needed to have older versions back so that was more than even, let's say, database, uh, SQL Server database kind of snapshots. So it's more the files. So am I right in thinking that's quite a small amount then? It's only it looks 6%. Small. It yeah. looks small. When you take then a risk management approach and say, okay, I have maybe that amount of data, 100 gigabyte on my server. If it's 6%, how much does it cost to store 6% of data? Is it worth doing a backup for this just from a monetary point of view? Mm. Maybe not, but what will be... You need to calculate for me rather the other way around. How much does it cost to get back this kind of data? And it can be, um, so I've been also book writer, so when, when I'm missing 20 pages of a book that are not there and I'm, I have trouble on timing, how much does it cost me or take me in time to reproduce this again? Yes, exactly. That is maybe higher than just... The pure backup course. And talking about risk management, I think that we don't factor in the time that it takes to retrieve these things. So although we're only talking about statistically seven or sorry, six percent of data being retrieved back, you need to know which data is most likely to be retrieved back as opposed to the stuff you're more likely to archive. So going back to what you were saying before about categorizing it all out and then uh, understanding the time factor that comes into it as well. There's, there's a lot to consider in those points as well. Look, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about um, why everything is not necessarily 100% safe in the cloud, not to scare you, and um, why it's important within Australia to store data. You're listening to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. We'll be back after this. And you're back in the room with Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, and we're talking about all things cybersecurity, backups, cloud, all those things are a little bit uh, 
difficult to understand from a small business's perspective, but not completely out of reach. We've covered quite a little bit in the program today. So if you've missed any of today's show, don't forget you can catch up on smallbizmatters.com.au via our website where all the blogs and podcasts are um, available. And of course, very excited that we're going to be going onto iTunes very soon, which means you've got the whole back catalogue of all the Small Biz Matters podcasts available to you. I think there's about 150 150 because we've been going for about two and a half years. So there's great experts like today's expert Gunnar from uh, Keep It Safe. And he's talking all about um, not too much scary stuff. We're getting into that now (laughs) because this is this stuff that really freaks me out. Now, we talked a little bit before the break about uh, ransomware attacks and what the reality is when people are trying to retrieve data that they need, which might be old or in the archive or something like that, and understanding how to categorise your data so it's easy to retrieve. Let's talk worst-case scenario. It's like watching a horror movie, and we've just gone into the, into the, into the slasher room. <laughs> so this is the really scary stuff. So let's imagine, um, you know, you're, you're running a small business. Uh, you do get attacked by some sort of ransomware or, I don't know, you don't have any backup, you're not in the cloud, everything burns down. I mean, let's talk about you've got typical small business. You've got bits in Google Drive, you've got bits in OneDrive, bits in Dropbox, some on your computer. It's kind of a bit everywhere. Um, what happens if you lose everything? Let's talk statistics. Yeah, and then when you really look into statistics, they say that about 60%, up to 65% of all businesses who have a real big disaster, mm. they will go out of business within one year. 80% will not survive two years. Because of the disaster. Yes, because it's very hard to get back everything to get back on track. That's a statistic. I can tell about the statistic all the day. But for me, it was more impressive after I talked to a business owner, a former business owner who had that. So, so I met one of them recently at the Australian Information Security Association who had that quite good company running well. Mm. This plans to one day maybe be that big and innovative to go into ASX. Mm-hmm. They have been attacked by some programmer. It was a ransomware attack, as we talked about earlier. And they didn't see it for some time. No. They did have some kind of form of backup that has been affected as well because the entry door was too easy. Uh-huh. So the backup have been encrypted. Mm-hmm. And then that was a no-go. And then they really went out of business as well. It took the business owner one year to even overcome the situation that he failed, or let's say that the situation failed for the company, mm. until he was able to get a new job again. So we're talking the psychological damage that can happen as well, which is again a silent yes. killer of business. Yes, and that you normally you cannot uh, factor in properly in terms of, uh, in terms of money. And the, the, even the police, they found the person who has done that. What? It wasn't someone in a little cave. In it was very far away from here. But oh. they found that. And ah. the only, it was one of these um, programmers who would like to get a bit intention and find a job uh-huh. and to show what he can do. Yeah. Some of them are very clever and then the, the governments might employ them. So that's good. And even big companies are hiring hackers to make the test of a brutal attack, mm-hmm. simulate that mm-hmm. to show, as I mentioned earlier, a plan to fail. That is good. But what you're saying is these people are practicing on small businesses. Yeah, and that's unfair. <gasps> yeah, absolutely. Even if it was unfair. randomly chosen. Yeah, so it's absolutely. It's a very unfair story. So that at the end, for me, the whole story is not about just backup of files, but plan for proper disaster recovery, mm. business continuity. So that's normally the mindset. So that when, when very often small business owners, they have maybe a business coach. They're 
should be the rather thinking instead of just from a pure IT and files standpoint to to make that to make that happen. So business continuity is something that really works, um, and to 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 plan this uh, accordingly with experts. Yeah, exactly. So you've got your your management taking it back from our step by step process. You you analyze the data that you have. Uh, you bring in perhaps a management consultant to assist you with backing up the correct data. Um, and then you also need to factor in the end in mind, like what you mentioned before, plan to fail. What What is the... I mean, because it, it's so sudden, isn't it? I mean, you're, you're talking about you walk into the office one day, you turn on your computer and there's the skull and crossbones. Absolutely terrifying. And it's not a slow drip effect. It's that's it. You cannot work today forevermore for how long you can imagine that happening. So I, I don't want to speak in a really negative way, but psychologically we need to feel that so that we can make it a part of our business planning process to say what is going to happen if it all goes. I'm just thinking it from my own business perspective with my bookkeeping practice. You know, I use Trello. I use the free version of Trello. I actually have quite a lot of it's not so much data on there, but just my processes are in there and understanding of what the history of the processes have been across various projects. If Trello goes out of business, what's going to happen to all that information that I have? I mean, short of taking screen grabs of everything, um, what's my plan for that? Because I'm not paying for it. I'm not even paying for the (laughs) backed up version of Trello. So what is it that that I'm I'm relying on a little teeny weeny piece of software that's been designed somewhere else? It's kind of like playing risk management with Tetris in your in your business. <laughs> yeah, and the interesting thing is here, in the past you would say, okay, you have a file server, you have a PC and that's it. Large organizations, they have various kind of information sitting everywhere. But a small business owner has exactly the same. Mm. Every kind of software who is in the cloud has some kind of data storing there where the question is how you can get this back, how you can back up and how you can retrieve some of the data when they go out of business. That can happen as well mm-hmm. or when they are taken over mm-hmm. by somebody else uh, and you need new version of something. So then you really need to have a very good analysis and a managed service provider can help you on this one to find out what is the whole infrastructure that you have now, what is needed to run your business and how can you really tick the boxes that everything is set up properly. So the whole story about cloud backup is more about getting into full availability at all time instead of just taking care of a backup. So then that's a completely different approach. So then, And there's a um, very good rule that I, that I heard, which is called 3210, mm. so which is basically you need to have three copies of the data in two kind of different uh, media. One of one location will be off-site, mm-hmm. and three minus two minus one equals zero, meaning zero mistakes. Zero risk. Zero yeah, risk. Three so that, to that, one. that's why how it's called three to one, and that, that makes sense. That is how one of the software provider Veeam tells it, and uh, it's not always easy to get proper awareness for this one. So then sometimes I use myself in saying. Uh, we're protecting uh, our, our customers from the second most important day in their life when the data is lost where the most important might be something nice, uh, wedding, birth of the first child, something like this. But that's rather preventing. So normally you can also say you need to get into the full availability. So one of the awareness for more backup is the World Backup Day, which happened on the 31st of March. It just happened now. Um, maybe not that well known as what, what, what else we had in March? Um, well, International, International Women's Day, Day yeah. Uh, or the International Happiness Day, which also happened the on... what? Happiness Day, yes. <laughs> Before, before the backup day and uh, the Veeam software even has on the 30th of um, March the day before the World Backup Day the World Availability Day um, of course to show availability of data that's uh, oh, much I much see. more important yes, everybody yes. tries to do uh, it in a little way but to get the attention for this because it looks from a small medium point of view yeah we need to do we need to look into this we do it one day 
No, no, not one day, today. Yes. Take some strategies from today's program and implement them in your business. Even if you walk away for today and just list, here's an idea. Why don't you list all the software, whether that's your accounting software, your CRM, uh, your project management software, your backup systems, your files. I mean, I, I'm just thinking, my God, there's about eight or ten pieces of software that all my data, my information, my processes and procedures is spread out why don't you just sit down and list all of them and then you'll have an idea about your risk profile because if like I said you've got your trellos of the world if you've got a tiny weeny little program it's not really owned by one of the big guys or who knows and you don't know what happens when it all disappears what effect will that have on your business what effect would have on your business if there's a major breach of zero for example or myob how is that going to affect you so you need to almost analyze each of those programs and think okay What's in there? What have I got to lose? And what can I do to secure it? Yeah, and try to put some numbers behind. How much does it cost me in terms of time, effort, availability for doing so? And loss of income. Loss of income mm. in the same time. Mm. Um, calculate that. Find out, is it enough what you have? Or invest into some proper uh, backup. And that usually should be also in the cloud, where the data is stored most probably here in Australia. And that's also another very interesting point. There are industries who require data to be stored in the same country for legal reasons. Yes, bookkeeping and, and accounting is one of them. Yes, and healthcare is another one. Mm -hmm. So in um, our colleagues in New Zealand, they cannot store the data for healthcare in Australia because it should be stored in, in New Zealand, of, of course. So then we use our data centers over there. Yes. Um, and funny enough, some of these uh, healthcare providers, they also have a marketing department who stores data on Dropbox. And that is stored in the US. So right. that summer is a no-go. Yeah, exactly. So be aware of that. Again, check in with your professional association. And if you want someone who, if you do have, a say, a medical practice or something like that, make sure that you check in with um, a, an IT provider or a management consultant in that regard who is familiar with the, uh, the regulations that you have to adhere to. Ask for some advice. Get a referral from someone else who is in the same industry for, as you, someone who's been happy with the product. And when you're looking at um, engaging with someone like that, make sure they are accessible. They, you know where your data is stored, that, that you've got quite a number of the parameters covered and ask them what's not covered. You know, when we fly and we go travel insurance, we all know that in the event of terrorism, you're not covered. So what isn't covered by your, by your, um, your IT? And then check in with your insurer and find out uh, what sort of cybersecurity insurance that you've got as well. So there's lots of fantastic, really great tips that we've, we've taken away from today's show, Gunnar. I think uh, my brain's full, <laughs> that's for sure. But I think we need to get you back on the program again because I'm just looking at our notes here and there's some fantastic, um, even more, you know, practical things that we can go into and, uh, and you know, I think that that's something that we all need to be conscious of and we need to be thinking of as small businesses quite regularly. So again, if you've missed any of today's show, I really encourage you to listen to the full program. It should be available on the website within the next week, smallbizmatters.com.au and very fingers crossed, hopefully we'll have everything up on um, iTunes very shortly too. Um, give us a little bit more information about Keep It Safe if people want to find out more about you, Gunnar. Yes, of course, Keep It Safe is... Uh an, um, let's say an American, Australian, uh, UK-based, uh, in various countries, uh, um, cloud backup provider, uh, having server backup, endpoint backup, meaning PC, notebook, smartphone, tablet, and mm -hmm. also cloud-to-cloud -cloud, uh, backup services. In Australia, known before under the name of uh, Cloud Recover, mm -hmm. to recover out of the cloud. So mm -hmm. That's how the name came from. Clever. And uh, recently uh, acquired by an American company who then, they have the brand of Keep It Safe, which for me is obvious because it's what we do. We keep it safe. 
You're holding a coffee cup. Hey, okay. <laughs> we keep the data safe for our customers in yeah. Australia and New Zealand. And also from the logo, the, it is written in orange, so you could also read it like, keep IT safe. Mm, clever. And that, that, that is a promise uh, behind that, and that, that makes a lot of You're sense. You're trying to be illustrative on radio. <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, there's a couple of really great graphics on the Small Biz Matters Facebook page as well, um, which might give you a little bit more indication. And because we've covered so much detail today, we always try and make sure that you can read a little bit about what we're talking about too. So all of that data will be on the um, Small Biz Matters uh, website, which I'm going to go home now and check where my backup is for my website. Very good. (laughs) That's another thing we need to make sure is backed up. Look, thank you very much for coming on the program. And, um, of course, uh, you can find out more from Gunnar as well on uh, LinkedIn. Check him out on LinkedIn and find out what's happening there. And if you're not on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn because that's just a must with small business these days. You've been listening to Small Biz Matters. My name is Alexi Boyd. I'll be back with another fantastic guest next week with our information full of uh, small business advice, education and advocacy, of course. This is Triple H 100.1 FM.